You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She took the midnight train Hey, guess what, White Sox fans? After one false start, we are back with Southside Sox Mojo Podcast number 128. Tommy Barbie, Father Sox of his, has shown up in spite of the fact that this is not a Sox of his podcast. Tricked him. Got him. He's feels like good it. now. Yeah, it does. It feels like uh, it. <laughs> Grievances revisited here on podcast number 128. A cast of thousands here to show up. And, well, I don't know. I guess this is going to be a... Uh, um, group counseling. What was that? Uh, that's, uh, Sam Sherman did for us. I don't know. Uh, mood lifting, whatever that was counseling session. I guess this will double as a counseling session. Uh, during this podcast, we will answer questions like, uh, who is Pedro Griffal? Uh, are all people born in 1969? Super cool. Why are the white Sox? Who are the white Sox? Why are we white Sox fans? What in the world is going on? I'm sure a few of the guests here, Sitting around the round table will be a little bit more pro-Pedro, and some might be a little more anti. Oh, we'll take all opinions. And first, let's start off. As a means of introduction, uh, I'm going to just go around super quick reaction from each of you 
to what in the world just happened today. I'm going to start to my upper left on at least my Brady grid, and that is Melissa Sage Bullenbach. Please, Melissa, this is a tough call because, as we know, the cup can be a little half empty, and I'm starting off with you, Melissa. Your instant reaction to Pedro. I mean... I wasn't born in 1969, but 1972. So close enough. Um, eh, is my, was my reaction. Um, is kind of still my reaction. I don't know. I keep going back and forth. I read something and then I read something else and then I think about it. And so right now I'm just, I'm riding the, riding the middle. I'm riding the middle. Okay. All right. So the, the cup really is sort of half empty and half full okay that's fine all right um first time uh, returning champion first time player i'm not sure what he is but brian o'neill chooses the pedro uh griffel um hiring podcast to hop on and chat brian o'neill welcome and uh instant reaction to this hiring uh i didn't i wasn't filled with blinding rage when it happened and i expected that to be the outcome of whatever they hired so i was initially optimistic but uh <laughs> And like Melissa was saying, you know, there's some things that you read and you're like, ah, maybe not. And other things you read where you think this is really exciting. But I kind of realized like everything I read that he was saying made me happy. The things that made mm-hmm. me think, oh, maybe not are other people's analysis of the hire. So just from based on what I know about him, which is barely even how to pronounce his last name, but quotes that I've read today, I'm actually, I like the guy. He seems like he's the right guy or maybe not the right guy, but he's not absolutely the wrong guy either. So that's a, you know, it's a benefit. <laughs> There's a lot of it. There's a lot of that going around. The yeah. so relative scale of hedging, happiness. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Haas, please. Um, uh, instant reaction to this hiring of the new White Sox manager. It's not Ozzy. <laughs> it's not someone involved with this organization in any way and has never been. So, you know what, Rick Hahn? You're you're less of a coward than I said you were the other day. <laughs> However, <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's okay. I think it's okay. He's he is. Uh, I think he's got a good a, a good chance to vibe well with this team. He is bilingual. He is uh, <laughs> Cuban American. He. I think he's. I think he's got a good chance to to really connect with these guys. Whether or not that'll mean anything. Whether or not it'll trans transmit to anything. Depends on uh, whether or not Rick Hahn actually does anything in the offseason. So <laughs> I, t- I listen, I told Vox, I told SB Nation, hard, hard, hard cider or hard alcohol in the green room, not Kool Aid. Tommy Barbie, please tell me <laughs> your reaction to the Pedro Grafal hiring. Uh, Melissa said it best. Meh. I mean, it doesn't feel good taking the Kansas City Royals leftovers <laughs> that they didn't even want. But it could have been worse. So, meh. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is kicking ass. Allie Wessel, please give me your variation on the meh reaction that you had to this new hiring. As long as there's no DUI arresting <laughs> a couple of days after the announcement, I think I'll be okay. Um, he seems like a likable guy. Like I listened to that podcast. I think that was shared in the Slack earlier today. Like he, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Um, and he's, he's younger, which was one of like my criteria that I wanted to see was someone that was below the age of 60. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I think I stand in 
the same boat as a lot of people saying that like this hiring means nothing until we start playing baseball. So. All right. Allie Wessel just called a fellow 1969 baby younger. So you have moved to number one in the queue on this podcast. God bless you, (laughs) Allie. Okay. I gave Dante a chance to catch his breath. Oh, you don't even want to know about the adventure he's taking to get to this podcast. So please words of wisdom, Dante, uh, Dante Jones on the uh, (laughs) iron of Pedro Grafal. My first reaction was who? <laughs> like who is this man? And then you know, I went. I was like, okay, rules. Then I won someone from a championship organization, and they won one a minute ago. So you know, I guess. And then I talked to some Royals fans, and they was like, yeah, we wanted him as manager when they hired when they hired Matheny. So we get why they went outside the organization, but we want him. So you know, it's like. I'm I'm not gonna be optimistic about it. I'm like, okay, good job. Like like Ali said, we gotta see the baseball before I start judging. Okay. Another punt. That's fair. Uh Dante, continue to catch your breath. Uh, Super Joseph Rhesus, I need your reaction to the Pedro Grafal hiring by the Chicago White Sox, next manager. I'm happy to give him a chance. I mean, yeah, there's nothing overly exciting about this choice, but I mean like the White Sox have uh, reminded me of 2020 as a whole in that there were just so many unlikely things happening that year most of them very bad things um and it it got to a point where when November rolled around and the college basketball season got started almost on time like I was surprised that they were able to have like a pretty normal college basketball season like it wasn't like you know the delayed 60 game MLB regular season or like the Disney World bubble that the NBA had like the college basketball season that started that fall was pretty normal and that that was surprising to me similarly I I was pleasantly surprised when the White Sox did the bare minimum and didn't just hire Ozzy like (laughs) I really was concerned that they were going to do that and they and they didn't so I mean they cleared the very low bar and I am at least thankful for that so yeah I'll I'll, yeah I'm 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 okay with this hire and I'm and I will yeah happy happy to give him a chance Joe your puzzling extended metaphor betrays your confidence in this hiring however I will take you at your word and I'll take all of you at your words uh, minus reaction when I crawled out of my cave at the normal 3.30 time after staying up all night doing whatever nonsense for this uh, site was um, this is bullshit higher. And, uh, you know, we'll get to that uh, at some point. Uh, okay. Um, I wrote down a note about how did this happen? And I don't really know what I'm meaning to ask you. So I'm going to just skip to my next point and maybe we'll come back to that. Mm, it's been a long day. Uh, I want to know who wanted him. We've heard that this was like the consensus among um, the front office. And the front office, for these purposes, I would assume to be uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, owner, Ken Williams on his way to retirement, and Rick Hahn, quote-unquote, general manager. I'm guessing those are the three votes, though Tony La Russa plays a role in this. I can't imagine he plays uh, an actual voting role. Plus, <laughs> Lord knows if it's the White Sox, they would just tie two to two on everybody and never hire a manager at all. Um <laughs> Ozzy had a lot of fire um, and I don't, and it wasn't uh, contrary to our cynicism. I don't think it was just because he was putting it out there. 
Uh, I do think he was getting serious consideration. I'm curious about how everyone thinks this broke down. You're free to just jump in here. I can see in my mind, I can see Jerry Reinsdorf saying, you know what? I need, I need money. I, I always need money. And Ozzie, given the list that was in front of him, let's say there were 10 candidates, five candidates, how many were really left? Uh, I could see him actually voting somewhat full-throated for Ozzie. I could see Ken Williams, despite their troubles, I could see him applying some of the same logic. And also, he doesn't mind if the park is burned to the ground. He's leaving soon. Uh, Rick Khan, I can see putting Ozzy at the bottom. And so in some weird way, I could see Pedro Griffal being like sort of the consensus number two, who who ends up getting the job. Uh, how do you, any of you imagine uh, this playing out? And because it, it seems, it does seem clear to me that, that I'm not sure from the get-go this was the first choice, even though from the minute we heard this name, we're like, what in the world is this guy? How can he even be on the list? Uh, so somebody really liked him. Um, how do you think it played out? Yeah, um, I wrote in the article today, I think this is a, a backup plan. Like, I think Joe Espada was off the table. I think um, Quattaro um, from was taken off the table. And I think, like, this ended up being, like, the best last choice that they had. And, like, when you compare Ozzy versus Griffal, I think – like Griffal like has the leg up in the sense of it delivers on the things that Rick Hahn, on some of the things that Rick Hahn said he was going to do when he went out to go get a manager in terms of like someone outside the organization. That's the only box it really checks. <laughs> but I think ultimately, like if I had to imagine what happened, like you said, I can imagine Jerry and Kenny saying, fine, whatever, like bring back Ozzy. But I think like I, I think ultimately like Rick was like, I have to do at least one portion of what I said I was going to do. And like, that was the solution. Um, and I don't like, like, I don't, it doesn't look bad on paper either. So I think it it works itself out. I think that's a great point. And I think Jerry is always willing to do the bare minimum to keep his lackeys happy and in line. Like, yeah, he would love to make that final decision, but I'm sure, you know, as Ellie was saying, you know, Han was like, I, put my word on the line here, you know, don't make me look bad. I maybe even trying to walk. I don't know. That seems a bridge too far, but <laughs> as small as that footfall might have been, even if he put his foot down a little bit, Jerry would have been like, all right, I can give you this so that I have a loyal guy in line for perpetuity. And if this last Jerry hire of Tony LaRusso hadn't gone so disastrously, if this was, say, we're coming off of Ozzy, I could see a little bit less willingness to yield from, from Jerry. I'm guessing his vote was like, of course, he's got the vote, but I'm guessing it's maybe italicized because it's like, well, I mean, really, how full-throated can he be? Because, like, <laughs> look what you just did to us, guys. Uh, <laughs> other thoughts about how this uh, may have played out? I I, I don't I, – I don't, I, I remember, I remember some source was saying that Kevin Long was the consensus option. So I think it's even worse than that, to be honest. I think it was, I think it was, they came to a consensus of, okay, we're not going to hire Ozzy Jerry. I think it was, I think it was, I think if anything, Kenny and Kenny and Rick outvoted Jerry for once on bringing back Ozzy, but I, he definitely seems like a, it seems like a really low option, like a low like bottom of bottom rung of the ladder kind of option. Maybe it was that they're like, okay, Long and Espada have been to the World Series now. Uh, 
well, a spot of several times, I think now, but, and so they're, they might be too much money. It might've be. I think it's, I think it was a money thing, to be honest. I think it's a, Jerry thought he could get Ozzy for cheap and then <laughs> Ozzy might've cost too much money. And they're like, well, this guy from the Royals, he's probably not going to cost that money, much money because he's coming from the fucking Royals. Yeah. So and they didn't... don't want him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Ozzy didn't like the clause that said, okay, the amount we pay you also has to include the amount of fines we're going to have to pay on your behalf. He just wasn't, they didn't see eye to eye there, you know? So uh, other thoughts on how this may have played out. I, I think um, it may have significantly due to the control. I think mm-hmm. that um, he, we know Ozzy doesn't really care what people say or think or tell him he does his own thing. And I think that Pedro probably from Rick and Kenny and Jerry's perspective seemed a lot more able to be manipulated um, into kind of following their agenda and their demands and their lineups and what have you. So I, I kind of think that might've played into it a little bit. Okay. Let's continue to have this discussion. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Tommy, is that you? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that is the box that Rick Hahn didn't publicly say that was the number one box to check for him, is that he needed somebody that he could have no conflict with, no ego, no competition. And I I think that's really what was the driving force behind it, because a lot of the guys that they were looking at being bench coaches, first base coaches, minor league managers, those are guys that ideally are just happy to have a job and they will do whatever the GM asks of them to do. And that's what Rick Hahn needs to stroke his ego. He went through the whole Tony LaRusso experience where if Rick tried to do something that Tony didn't like, Tony would just talk to Jerry and he was overruled. So I I really do (laughs) think that the control was a major factor as well as the money where, you know, for a guy like Espada, he has a cushy Mm -hmm. job. And there is no reason for him to leave unless the Sox are willing to pay up, and they weren't. Let's continue this discussion. I'm going to add a little different wrinkle. Tommy just hit it. Melissa hit it a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to speak for Melissa, but, you know, us us Generation Xers, uh, you know, we're like like me, like uh, Pedro Grafal, uh, we're shoegazers. Uh, we, we, we can tend to bring the room down a little bit. Let me bring the room down a little bit because, friends, Rick Hahn is our White Sox manager discuss yes rick Hahn wants control uh rick Hahn's going to get control of course pedro's he's not going to be a, a pushover he's the manager and he can do little things to undermine lord knows ozzy found ways myriad ways to undermine <laughs> the front office but i believe this was contingent you know rick had whether it's a sidebar discussion or did it right in front of uh, ken and jerry and, and put these questions pointedly if i give you a lineup suggestion if i tell you no il what's the response going to be you know there are some real life things and you know pedro wanted the gig or is just an amenable dude or his games and his shoes, whatever. Uh, and, and was cool with it. So, Hey friends at Southside Sox, what do you think about Rick Hahn as manager of the Chicago White Sox? That sounds miserable. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm happy to help. <laughs> like Rick Hahn, man. Uh, we, we've all talked ad nauseum about the job Rick Hahn has done as general manager. At least I don't have to look at Rick Hahn on a regular basis. <laughs> but Rick Hahn manager, I would have to see regularly when he just fucks up any little thing he fucks up. 
because I don't like I I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but if it was Rick Hahn or Tony LaRusso as manager, I'm taking Tony every single time. I don't think Rick like Rick Hahn just has not done much at all for me to say that he is good at anything. Like Rick Hahn, like I remember parts of Kenny's like tenure as the main GM, but I'm also like I was born in '96, so I don't remember everything. Rick Hahn's entire tenure, I remember, and it's just been thing I've disliked after thing I've disliked. So I don't see any, like, besides a little thing here and there and looking into some, like, having really good luck, there's not much to make me think, oh, Rick Hahn is manager. That that works. Because there, I'm subject also to wild mood swings as a member of uh, Pedro's generation, uh, mm-hmm. I am going to defend Rick Hahn in a public forum and say, I venture to say, Dante, Rick Hahn, as manager, would not call for not one, but two, one and two intentional walks in any <laughs> given season. However, other thoughts this is on very Rick, good Hahn, play, uh, Rick Hahn, uh, general manager, manager. Rick Hahn's you know, opinion of Rick Hahn is, like, would be way too much for that clubhouse. I, like, the thought of that just makes my skin crawl. Like, his opinion of himself is just through the roof, and it always boggles my mind. Like I loop back to the, if I thought I wasn't the person for this job, I'd step away. And so like the thought of that energy entering a dugout, oh God. Ellie, you forgot the way worse quote of, you know, our, our front office was was in, in talks for executive of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just waiting oh, for know. the sales pitch when it finally gets announced of, and, and championship experience was an important part of the selection, <laughs> you know, because uh, Pedro was the catching coach. He was <laughs> on the field when they won the World Series. Mm-hmm. He was providing translating um, services. There you go. I, I think, you know, I, the only silver lining to all of this for me is that it accelerates the timeline in which Rick Hahn gets fired because there is nothing for him to hide behind with this hire. I'm sure he'll find something because he always does, yeah. but there's nothing realistically for him to hide behind no. right now. He's yeah. going to blame the lack of championship experience. <laughs> he's like i just trusted his resume i didn't really bother to figure out that he was just like the bullpen coach for that team like, or whatever he did he, you know he just figured you know he was on the team oh wait he was the guy that got water for everybody every fifth inning or so okay <laughs> cool. that thing i guess that counts it seems- uh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, today managing i mean I, I know what you're saying but i just it, it seems way too much work for him to do that every day to really get into the the nitty gritty of the daily lineups. I think he'll dictate more big picture stuff. And I think, yeah, the IL he'll be in charge of, but I can't, I don't know. I'm maybe I'm being optimistic and hoping that he's not going to be cautious enough to be involved all the time. I don't know. Okay. Let me it's, throw this. Let, oh, go, go ahead, Brett. Yeah. Let, let me I was throw just, this. Uh, uh, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> no, it's just, I was just going to say it's more common now than it used to be. And I think about okay. all the, you know, the stuff that's come out with Joe Manton talking yes. about that's the what Angels I was going to say. So we're on the same wavelength. Um, where the that's very common for GMs to have a sheet of here's who's pitching, here's your lineup, and it can be as detailed as this is when I want you to pitch them to just here's your schedule of players that you can use for the week. Given how Rick Hahn has 
managed, mismanaged the IL recently, it wouldn't surprise me that he's been trying to do something similar. Which, based on what you just said about the IL, given that ultimately that is his call, that's not Tony LaRusa call, right? Uh, means uh, this toboggan ride is going to crash at the bottom uh, of the hill. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're to believe uh, Madden, I mean, I don't mind have misread this, but I mean, to the point where there was some personnel, some front office personnel, even like in the clubhouse. So yeah. this is the trend. And and cl- I'm going to guess pretty clearly, this is a big question for Han and why uh, uh, Griffal got selected. And, and that is that, yeah, he's he's amenable enough to it. And it's like sort of anything to get. The, here's his shot. If the Royals weren't going to take him, I'm not sure where the shot was coming. He's not an He's not an old guy. Of course, he's not an old guy, Allie. But he, you know, he's not. He's not. How many more rounds of interviews he's going to get through? And he can't keep milking the, <laughs> the the World Series he was part of from like you know 25 years ago. Uh, so I mean, this was a shot to say, all right, any means to get in, and then who knows if there's some success, and eh, then maybe he can start throwing his elbows. But that's the same thing I was going to uh, bring up, uh, Tommy, and that is, you know, the man thing, this trend. Uh, in the game and the front offices are winning. I mean, they signed the paychecks. The front offices are probably going to win. And I just wonder uh, what sort of disasters is going to be. Obviously, Rick is not literally going to be in your Rick in uniform would be awfully interesting, but he's not going to be in uniform <laughs> poisoning the clubhouse. Uh, but you can bet he is going to have a pretty, a very big imprint and, and, and a spot, a much less a Ozzy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that probably wasn't going to fly. So I think that's why. That's why he's <laughs> the one. The one silver lining is the Sox aren't going to hire someone to bring the lineup card down. That's too much money for them. <laughs> but now we've also lost Jerry Naren, uh, assumedly, so we're not going to have those uh, those very pretty uh, calligraphy lineup cards either. So uh, you know, gives and it takes. This made me think about uh, when we were talking about a previous part about like the idea of Tadahicho managing this team. Just maybe think about the fact that we call him Gucci, like he was like still had a lot of swag. Rickon in a like actual uniform will have the least swag of a baseball player to ever exist. Yeah. <laughs> Do they make Teflon uniforms? <laughs> <laughs> like, have you, we've seen his suits? They are bad. He like that man has no like no fashion sense. But he negotiated a great contract for those suits. <laughs> If uh, Tadahito was actually a better player, he would have got the one name treatment like Ichiro, and he would have probably gone by Tadahichio. So I think you were on to something there. Uh, or just <laughs> let's call him Gucci. Let's call him. I know that's what you want to do, Dante. Um, uh, um, you know, uh, I got to figure out where to go with this next. Uh, please, other thoughts about what is happening here. Uh, presumably, whether there's any, how about this? Is there any silver lining to Rick Hahn being able to have more say other than the fact Frankly, I don't know. I think Tommy's already brought it out. Other than the fact that it's an easier line, uh, it's an easier uh, trip to the unemployment line for Rick Hahn if this doesn't work out. I, uh, other silver linings. This, I Well, not a Rick Hahn silver lining, okay. but a silver lining is that all of the coaches but Ethan Katz and the assistant guy are gone. So I'm, I that's a pretty good silver lining. Anything to get rid of Frank Menachino is good in my book. <laughs> also, goodbye, fuck off to Joe Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Daryl. I mean, I, I still, I've talked about this in the Slack. I, the one coach that I am intrigued by is the fact that Charlie Montoyo is coming on as the bench coach. Cause I still think he makes a hell of a lot more sense as the manager 
in this current construction than he does as a bench coach. Maybe that's, you know, somebody's parachute in case things go south, they can throw him in there. But I, I know it didn't end well with the Blue Jays, but he did a damn good job with that clubhouse and getting those young players up to speed in very short order. And he had the same type of resume as some of the hot managers that we're talking about now, two, three years ago. So I, I really think that as intrigued as one can be by a bench coach, I am intrigued by Charlie Montoya with the White Sox. Okay, and let me pause you there as we continue this free-form discussion about what's going on and how ridiculous this process has been and how um, the host of this podcast calls the whole thing bullshit. And there's other people who are, who are probably with me and others are saying, hey, man, come on, give it a break. What? We don't even know. They're not playing games yet. It's still 2022, jerk, shut up. Uh, cool. Um, but okay, Tommy brought it up. The bench coach is more qualified to be the manager than the manager. The bench coach has taken the bench coach job with, with whatever, like, uh, a backdoor promise of, well, yeah, you'll be the manager if this guy's a disaster. We end up with the candidate who clearly wasn't as hot as he became, I guess. Uh, I don't think he did become a hot candidate, but I mean, he's on the list. He clearly was lower rung candidate. Again, more thoughts about this process because it just, it does seem to be weirdly stitched together. Uh, continuing on uh, uh, Tommy's thought of having a, an encouraging uh, Quattraro t- uh, esque. Uh, certainly a very similar resume uh, to, to his uh, as a bench coach. Does a bench coach matter? I'm not sure if any of these guys matter, because if, if we want to say managers don't matter, well, then who cares about the bench coach? But more thoughts about how this is getting stitched together, because it's awfully weird to me. Maybe I'm, you know, I got a simple mind, but help me what out. That, what the hell does a bench coach even do? I, I'm I mean, like, I've been, I've been asking myself that for weeks. And I'm like, every time we're talking about a bench coach, I'm like, does the bench coach actually do anything, to be honest? I, I almost wonder if the Montoyo thing is less of a, um, in, in speaking on that, I wonder if it's a less of a, we want, maybe he was a candidate, but he's like, he didn't want to manage. And he's, he's mm-hmm. like, I want to be around a good baseball team and, and help some young, good baseball players that he sees something in, but is like vehemently opposed to being any sort of <laughs> scapegoat <laughs> like he was for Toronto for a little bit. So all the hassles of being a manager, but you don't Without get to be a manager. <laughs> Jordan, the, cool. official, the official definition of bench coach per MLB.com's glossary is that they are typically considered the right-hand man to a team's manager. They assist their managers in decision-making and will sometimes relay scouting information from the team's front office to the club's players. Yeah, the, a much better definition. And thank you for looking that so up. So he does nothing. Essentially, is it is just saying. a yes man, right? Yeah. It is a guy there, and they're not supposed to be fighting in the dugout. It's pretty much a guy who's like, hey, looks like a good call, Pedro. Yeah, I would have done that too. Uh, I mean, I, you hope that there's going to be some guidance and some mentorship. Certainly, we have a, a first-time manager here, although Charlie doesn't exactly have a, a ton under his belt either. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's not like it's not a, any sort of college of coach situation. Um, sorry, Tom, I mean, no college of coach type of situation at all. I mean, this is going to be guys who are, are leaning in the same direction. Right. And we, we, we speculate maybe even Pedro wanted specifically wanted uh, maybe Charlie hired. Yeah. I, I thought it's more like a, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, I think my Wi-Fi is also going out, but um, I think too, like it's on the manager to utilize the bench coach. Well, so like, if Pedro wants to utilize Montoyo well, then they will work closely together in making decisions. 
Yeah. I mean, like, literally when, when he's, when he's ejected, from, oh, go, go, I'm sorry. But like Tony didn't use Cairo. I feel like, like no one even knew Cairo existed. So it's like, I feel like it's a manager by manager situation. Yeah. Well, and that, it is. Yeah. The um, podcast that we're referring to or earlier where Pedro was being interviewed in 2021, he talked about being a bench coach and what he did. And it sounded like he was actually a very involved bench coach. Um, but then when it came to like, they were given the example of when the manager had been kicked out, like, what did he do then? And he basically said that the manager was still making all the calls. So he, so he like made no decisions. So it was, yeah, it's very puzzling. I think. I mean, you do literally have the manager like in the tunnel, like, you know, like whispering out, you know, whatever, like sending the messages out there. (laughs) Don't have to go full. Kind of like a, like an aide de camp, like, kind of a wise counsel, someone who you are technically their mm-hmm. boss, but it's not like one of your coaches who you can fire at will. I mean, you can kind of can, but they can be a little more honest with you. You can bounce ideas off them, kind of kind of shoot the shit with them a little bit there. Yeah, they serve as someone who's not gunning for your job necessarily, but someone who you can just sort of talk to. And I don't know, maybe that's an overly romantic viewpoint of it, but I always think of like, wasn't Don Zimmer bench coach for after he stopped managing forever? Like just kind of that guy. You'd be like, hey, Don, what happened when someone did this in 1914? And be like, oh, you got to do it this way. But, you know, maybe a little more recent. Don, go out there and fight Pedro Martinez. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Ali's Wi-Fi is about to blow up. So we are going to um, choose to take our break here. And maybe Ali will be back with us. Again, number one position on the podcast. Hey, Tommy, I believe that podcast I was referring to is believe in Kansas City Royals or something. Imagine if the if if the rumored believe in Chicago White Sox podcast that got that sort of support from the Believe Company Incorporated. Tommy, we'd be like rich and famous right now, huh? Yeah. Oh well. Okay, let let's um let's go from one podcast to another. You're welcome for that promotion, believe. Oh, we're gonna take a one minute break. We're gonna be back. Maybe not going like a full hour here, but we have still some other things to talk about. And I'm sure I've cut enough people off that they still have other thoughts to share so we're going to do that in just a second please stick with us and come back because you're going to learn some stuff whether you like it or not mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, White Sox fans. Welcome back. Southside Sox listeners, viewers, readers. White Sox faithful. A weird day. Thank you for spending part of the day after with us uh, and learning all you can about what is a Pedro Grafal uh, who is a Pedro Grafal? Uh, what year was Pedro Grafal born? Uh, all the really important questions we're attempting to tackle and answer for you here on Southside Sox Mothership Podcast number 128, squeezing in between our Soxibus celebrations. Believe it or not, again, Tommy just woke up, rolled out of bed. Father Soxibus was like, oh my God, another Soxibus podcast already? All right, I got to show up. And guess what? We fooled him, but he's here. Thank you for being here, Tommy. Thank goodness. His insight, as as well as insight of all of you, very much appreciated. Uh, essay question to begin it all. I guess it's not really an essay. I don't know if this is a roundtable or not. 
But I do want to know one positive and negative thing that comes out about this hiring. I know a lot of that has probably been addressed in the first half, but personally, I would like to know what your positive and negative coming out of this is. I'm going to reverse Brady order and I'm going to Jordan Haas, Haas to begin with. Um, Haas, Haas, Haas. See, I'm blowing it again, Jordan. But, you know, anyway, it it's is Jordan's turn to speak. It has been a while. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, please, positive and negative. Uh, positive. Uh, I actually was looking on his uh, Wikipedia in the break, and he was the the uh director of operations of the Mariners minor league system. So I I, I wonder what he can do in terms of some. I don't know if this is if this is a like a this is like a middle ground, but I wonder what he can do in terms of development for the players at all, or if he was even good with that at all. But I think positive. I like I've already said is all the other coaches got fired, the Ethan Cats. <laughs> But I don't think that's on Pedro. So uh, it's not Ozzy, and uh, he seems likable. A negative is um, he's literally not <laughs> any of the other good coaches that that we could. Qualifies legit. Okay, uh, that's a good answer. And 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 you gave us more than one sort of in both cases. Uh, Father Sagsibus, uh, you're up next. Please, one positive, one negative. Um. I already said that, you know, it makes it easier for Rakan to get fired. Yes. So I'll, I'll spin it another one. way. Okay. And and I'll say that I, I think that this gives a clearer vision to what Rick Hahn's grand plan is in all of this, which I think is a positive because I'm tired of the excuses on why he can't do certain things and he doesn't have any now. So let's, let's see what the Rickon White Sox officially look like. You're talking about like phase two or three or four, because or clearly whatever you know, version Ricky, we're on. Okay. Now. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not as if his hands have been tied for 12 or 20 or whatever. In, years, in but... his mind, they were, but okay. Now... But in the championship window that oh, exactly is maybe is it still that, open? That, Another good speed. Yeah. Question. Uh, okay. All right. I'll buy that. Yeah, I think the judges, they'll allow it. Plus your father's archivist. Nobody's going to challenge you, man. Come on. Forget about it. I didn't say it's a huge positive. It's just like, if he <laughs> really feels like this is like his opportunity to do something, let, let's see what happens. And I, I just appreciate that he doesn't have people that he can blame anymore. You know, Tommy, I don't think you're necessarily Generation X, but you just scared the hell out of me with that answer. But OK, cool. Uh, did I did you get an? I mean, that was scary. But uh, did you? It's a scary positive. I didn't did give a negative. OK, I please think that, lay it on me. I mean, the, the negative and you pretty much outlined it is that the window's closing. So if yeah. he doesn't get it right, it's going to be a long, long summer. And I, I'm telling you, the white flag will be unlike mm. previous white flags yeah. if this doesn't hit right yeah some big contracts to unload uh brian yeah. o'neill um uh, first time contestant oh my god talk about a future returning champion uh excellent so far thank you for your participation in the first half please lay a positive and a negative on me. uh the negative i just think that it's so kind of gloomy it's not what the fireworks that we were hoping for it's not the yeah. best call that everything in what's going to happen this season is going to be seen in light of that and we're just kind of going in without excitement but yeah. positive for me uh kind of pulling back and almost doing like the meta thing or whatever like i have no idea what's going to happen i knew lewis was mm -hmm. going to be a disaster we all <laughs> we all we all knew that ricky was going to be there just to get fired we mm -hmm. knew ventura was going to be terrible like 
I got to go back to Ozzy for the last time we've hired yeah. someone. We didn't know exactly how it's going to play out. And being a White Sox fan, there's a lot of plotting certainty and we take kind of comfort in that, but it's exciting to not actually have any idea what's going to happen. Every once in a while, you know, somebody catches fire. This guy who's got passed over. Yeah. Maybe he's one of those guys you're like, how did no one hire this guy? Probably not, but maybe. I just yeah. don't know. And if, hey, listen, the motivation. I mean, I heard on some podcasts where it's like an advantage that he helped plot how to beat the White Sox this year. And I mean, wow, that did seem to be a wow, did that seem to be a whopper of a leap? But I mean, there is something to be to to maybe be said of, hey, the team I spent my life with didn't hire me, didn't want me. Okay, I'm going to, yeah. you know, not that you should need motivation when you have one of these 30 jobs, but hey, any bit of motivation um, can help. Uh, middle square to block to block anyone. I'm taking the guy who ran several blocks to get to this podcast. It's Dante Jones. Positive and negative, please, sir. Um, so positive is like, at the end of the day, we don't know, like we people have said, we don't know what he's going to be yet. Like, it's... Different than knowing that we wasn't winning championship with Tony LaRusso, knowing that Rick, Rick, Ricky Renteria, as charismatic and lovable he was, was not it. Robin Ventura was Robin Ventura. <laughs> he got beat up by a 42-year-old or 43-year-old Nolan Ryan, so, you know, take that as far as you want. But we don't know now. So nice. That's nice. The negative is that we don't know now. <laughs> We don't know, like, if this is the guy that's been groomed for this. Like, um, the other people we've, the maybe we've talked about have been people that, like, every year are getting interviews. The Royals, like I said, Royals fans wanted him. The Royals did not want him as manager. So that's always something to think about, too. Yeah, there's a, there's, I was going to say that your positive didn't really seem too exciting to me. So I, I like how you played that, Dante. And there has been a lot of, and listen, we're fans. We want the team to do well, in spite of what you think, front office. Hello, Rick. Uh, we want this team to do well, despite how critical we can be. The fact that we are falling over ourselves to try to find, hey, it wasn't Tony. I mean, that's not, that's really not the way these announcements were supposed to go. And just because it's been that way with the White Sox uh, forever, um, it doesn't really make it any more acceptable in 2022. Allie Wessel with Wi-Fi Intact, please a positive and a negative about this hiring. Um, looping back to the podcast that we keep referencing, um, he did go on record and say that games are not or pennants are not lost won in April, but they can be lost in April. Um, and I just think given the mindset that kind of was coming out of 2021 and 2022 of like, enjoy the ride. These games are just in April. I kind of appreciate that mindset, um, coming to the South side. Um, I think the negative is just echoing everything else. Like it's, it's lackluster. Um, like it feels like a second choice, but I don't know if there's anything we can do to like help that. So, yeah, that's 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 really fair. I mean, that is absolutely fair. Um, uh, Super Joseph, um, positive and negative, please. I know you're I mean, probably this whole podcast, you've been like reading the Wikipedia page and getting the trivia because you got to repeat the championship. So, I mean, I got you. You don't need to know Ozzy's number anymore. So uh, learn Pedro's Um, uh, positive and negative, please. I think, yeah, the main positive that comes to mind would be the I, I. Trust that he will not make some of the 
simple mistakes that Larusa made, like you know, um, the obviously the one and two intentional walks, the batting Leori Garcia who was struggling immensely, like third, like uh, like batting him early on in the lineup, like several times, um, and of course, like the his it was mentioned earlier like how he is bilingual and um and therefore you know a, a little it has a little bit of an advantage, an advantage as far as connecting with players um i think they're just um yeah on the surface um there there's a lot to like you know um on that front um as far as his, his sort of in-game management and you know his kind of attitude um you know that he he brings to the table um uh, a negative would be, um, yeah, very unproven. Um, and um, I feel like the overall process this time around, it, sh- it kind of showed that like having the you know, detailed, you know, managerial search uh, as opposed to letting, you know, Jerry get to just decide, you know, by himself, you know, who he wanted next. It showed that having a more drawn out process where, you know, there was more attention to detail and, you know, it shows that that was a priority, at least to some degree, but I don't think, it doesn't really seem like they did it completely correctly. It it showed that they tried. They they gave it it a try, but at, at the end of the day, yeah, based on, you know, the kind of the description that Rickon gave at that infamous October 3rd press conference. Uh, it, yeah. It, it, Griffal isn't quite a match as far as um, what Han said that they were prioritizing at that time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Melissa, wind this round up with a positive and negative about this hiring. So um, in my cyber stalking of Pedro today, because that's what I do when I don't know something and I get really anxious, I try to Google and look at as much information as I can. I think a big positive for me was that what players had to say about him and that players really seem to be motivated by him and like his approach. And I think that this clubhouse definitely needs somebody like that, somebody who can connect with players, um, motivate them, get them to buy into whatever the manager is selling, um, because I think that our players did not buy into what Tony was selling. I think they may have liked him and respected him, but I don't think that they were sold on his approach to actually being in game and playing the game. So that is my positive. Um, My negative is I feel like this does nothing to make our organization look good as far as like standing in the league or from an outsider's perspective, it's like, well, those bottom feeder white socks, guess what? They got the Royals throw off. Like, how does that look for, for players who are in free agency or looking to come here? Like, are they going to want to come here and be a part of so much unknown? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I've made the joke today with all of you that the White Sox are sort of officially an international league team now. And I mean, that might have been the case before, um, you know, before the process and, and might have spoken to who they could even get to talk to. We're assuming Joe Spada has like got this like Houston thing lined up. Hey, ain't looking like they're going to win the World Series and Dusty's going to get to just uh, ride off in the sunset. But, you know, either way, uh, we, you know, we speculate what well, can't because he doesn't want the job. It's got to be because, you know, he's going to get that Houston job. He's got a cushy deal there. Well, I don't know. He might have just not wanted this job. 
I got three speed rounds here. We got plenty of time, so it doesn't have to be speed. So, you know, slow down. It's cool. Speak clearly. Uh, number one is, I mean, this is all simple stuff, but, you know, essay it if you want. I don't care. I'll listen. I'll nod my head. Uh, Melissa, going to go right back to you and start this up. Uh, do you like this move? Uh, no. Okay. No, I don't think so. I, 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 I'm met on it, but, and I'm certainly going to try to be open-minded. Mm-hmm. I keep telling myself that I'm going to try to be open-minded about it, but I just don't think this does anything to make us significantly better than we were last year. Okay. Uh, Joe Reese's at least at some time basting a positivity. Uh, do you like this move? If I'm forced to give either a yes or a no, I will give a yes on this one. Although I am very much on the fence on it right now. Okay. All right. We're going to give you a 51% yes, but it does have to be yes or no. Yes, so black and white is pod, yes. There is no shades of gray in this podcast. No mm-hmm. way. You wear what I tell you to wear. You drink the hard liquor I tell you to drink in the green room. This is the way it works. Allie Wessel, yes or no? You dig this move? On the surface, yes, but with the notion that there are still a lot of deep buried issues with this front office that cannot be masked by a good managerial hire. So what a bad one. I think this is like, I think this is a really strong bandaid over a a gaping wound. Okay. Okay. Um, Again, that's why you're number one on my, on my, in my podcast. I'm sorry, everybody. I just, I got to tell it like it is. Uh, I'm, I'm eternally um, young in spirit and appearance and plus uh bandaid on a gaping wound. Allie, that's why we pay you the big bucks. Oh, that's right. I got to pay you sometime. Yeah, I meant to mention, God dang it. Uh, 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 Tommy, all this free believe promotion we've been given, man. Those people should like give us one freaking penny. They never did. No. Even if, even if your family made up half our <laughs> listeners. God damn it. All right. Uh, uh, Dante Jones. Uh, okay, really? Listen. It's a it's a simple question. Like this move, yes or no? No, I'm not a fan of it because at the end of the day, you pick the rules like leftovers. I don't <laughs> like getting some from a team that was worse than us. Like we were it. mediocre, and the rules was just bad. Like, and even Bobby Wood Jr. like isn't really a rookie a year candidate, like, the Royals gained nothing this year. And you decide, let's take from the team to gain nothing. Yeah. All right. Fair, fair, uh, fair answer. Uh, Brian O'Neill, uh, yes or no? You like this move? Yes. And I'm going to think from what Dante said. If the Royals fuck something up, maybe it's because yeah. they're idiots. Yeah. Like, the Royals are a pretty dumb organization, too. So maybe yeah. we'll benefit from someone else being dumb. That really, they're... There is that strange double negative aspect of this where it's like, maybe if they are rejecting it, that's a good thing. We should be scooping it up. But yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you on. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it could, could definitely go either way. Like maybe if the Royals saw something we didn't. But uh, so I'm going to say yeah. uh, short answer, no, but long answer, sure. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it funny that the White Sox took so much crap, deservedly so, for hiring Tony La Russa? And it's like Kansas City hired Mike Matheny. And like employed him for a number of years. Now we know hiring him over like Pedro Griffal and who knows how many others were dying to come to Kansas City. And it's like, you know, that's sort of a story that never got played. But then at Chicago, we got a target on our backs. Tommy Barbie, do you like this move? No. And I'm frankly 
disappointed that all of you are trying to make this positive because <laughs> I swear to you, if we were, no. I know, but I mean, it's just like, come on. Like if we didn't name names and you talked about, oh, he's great with the players. He's bilingual. The Sox had that with Ricky Renneria. Like we're just going through the same stuff. It's just a new name. And I'm glad that he's great with the players. I hope he's a great communicator. Surely it can't be any worse than it has been, but no, it, it, it's just like, we're, we're, back to recycling the same ideologies and you know i mentioned it before but with the white Sox managerial hire it's just like oh we need fire oh that's too much fire we need somebody that's calm cool and chill all right that's too calm all right Mm -hmm. we need fire and it's just like find something and it's because to me the Sox have never really had a clear identity as an organization that they've never found any sort of leadership role that (laughs) makes sense but just it it, i can't get excited about this like no it's not as terrible as it could have been but i can't pretend that it's anything other than just like it's not a good move it's just not tommy my first boss at my first writing job i ever had Certainly not an interesting, exciting, creative job like this wonderful thing I have with all of you, said, Brett, be witty, but not too witty. And so it speaks to a little bit about, you know, what you're saying here about this. We really don't know if we're coming or going. Pedro Grafal is uh, Ricky Renneria with uh, a little bit bigger helping of metrics and a little bit smaller helping of culinary skill. Basically the same guy. Let's face it. Uh, Jordan Haas, please. uh, Yes or no? I'm gonna be the most positive one here and say a hundred percent yes. Whoa. I'm I'm known to be the most positive because you know what? It could be worse. It could. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> why I is know. that the motto of yes, White why Sox? Why do we fandom? accept this? I don't understand. You know what? Because it's the I'm, White Sox. I'm giving, I'm they giving, is Stockholm. Uh, I don't give any of the front office the benefit of the doubt. I've I've never met this guy. I've never seen him coach, or I've never cared to see him coach. But you know what? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because if <laughs> I was trying to be overly fun, I I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he, I from what I from what other things I've read that I don't think it's a a sense that the he is the royal scraps he is who the royals wanted but they wanted to do a uh <laughs> but they wanted to do what we were doing and hire someone from outside the organization and if if he was the guy i mean if he's the guy the royals wanted if he wasn't outside of the if he was outside of the well if they weren't hiring outside of their organization that's not that great of a sign but i mean you never know i mean sometimes it's like a chemistry thing where he could be bad with the Royals players because he doesn't connect with them on the same level he would as, as the White Sox players or players from another team. I think there's a chemistry there that we have yet to see because he hasn't coached the fucking team yet. Yeah. I don't think I want to get negative on the guy because I think as much as the, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to be positive, but this is going nowhere. <laughs> What uh, White Sox? We know you're listening. We give you we give you uh, freebies all the time. Jordan has just provided you your pocket schedule title. White Sox baseball 2023. It could have been worse. So okay, <laughs> this round should be a little quicker. 
Uh, what I need to know, uh, honestly, we're going to reverse this. So Jordan, right back to you. Wash yourself of that positivity because uh, was uh, Pedro Grafal the first choice of the White Sox? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> okay. Tommy. No, not not even their second choice. Okay. It, uh, hazard a guess at what what choice they he was i would probably say third or fourth okay third or fourth still not bad I mean, really that's pretty good. all things considered for the white Sox, that's <laughs> yeah. true but i i think he's probably like their third or fourth choice okay brian first choice uh god no okay all right uh, the, we seem that it's it's a, it's a wave uh, it, uh dante it no not at all like no not okay. first, second, third, fourth, fifth, okay. sixth, seventh. Like that man was the guy they just chose because we can control him the best. Like, okay. hell no. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, contrarians, contrarians in the house. Allie, uh, first choice. Okay, this is what I think happened. I think Rick Hahn had a list of really good candidates that were risks, and I think <laughs> he had another list of safe choices. And so I think Pedro is on the list at the top of safe choices. He's nowhere to be seen on the risk list. So like Joe Espada, Carlos Mendoza, all those people Mm -hmm. that got thrown around there, you know, that those were everyone that Rick wanted to interview just to see, like, maybe we could go get them. But like, he always had this in his back pocket, because if you recall, Griffel was on the list, like at the very beginning, like mm-hmm. Joe Espada, Ron Washington, Pedro mm-hmm. Griffel, like those were the first three candidates that got thrown out there. So I think like he's always been on a list. And I think he was just like the safe choice that they knew they could go back to. Okay. And um, I, I do, I do want to loop back. Sorry, just really quick as a side yeah. note, like Jordan, like we talked about like Pedro being like the scraps or whatever, like Pedro did interview for the 2019 position before Mike Matheny got hired. And then he was interviewed again and they just really wanted to cut ties with like current situation. But there is also rumor that he interviewed for the Miami Marlins spot. So like, I do think like he, he definitely was making a push for a managerial position. Like, I don't think he like was just like this random candidate. We're just like a random candidate bench coach. We're just like pulling off the side of the street. So 0 for 4, 0 for 5, and now yeah. we hired yeah. him. Okay, uh, sure. Chicago White Sox Baseball 2023, safe choices. Very nice, Allie. Thank you. That's another free one, White Sox. Feel free to use it. Joe Reeses, first choice, Pedro? Certainly not at the beginning of the offseason. He was not their first choice. I mean, I could maybe believe that Rick Hahn was super sold after being blown away by him at the interview or whatever the – uh, the phrasing was on, on the reports um, yeah. that, that they really liked his interview, um, which I, I mean, if they were super impressed by it, I'm, I'm not sure how, how much weight their opinion really carries. Like, I, I don't really know if that <laughs> means a lot to me, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, certainly wasn't the first choice, though, at the beginning of the offseason. So Joe answers yes, first choice, first choice for today. All right, uh, Melissa. Um... <laughs> First choice, Chicago White Sox. <laughs> List of 10 people they interviewed. Ozzy is number 10. Pedro <laughs> Gaffal was number nine. Yeah. That is yeah. how I think it all went down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I just saw something a little while ago that he was in June in consideration for the Florida State University uh, manager. So, you know, digging deep, digging that, deep. That bodes well. 
Josh. Yeah. Hey, he's got Florida bona fides, man. He was Florida. Florida's like player of the year in high yep. school and went to school there and, and born in Miami, whatever. Okay, yeah, Florida State. That bodes well, Tommy. Good call. Um, all right. Um, let's make this an order-free final speed round. So just blurt out as you wish, and we'll make sure to get to everyone. My final question is to my esteemed panel of Southside Sox writers, podcasters. Well, Adrian's not here, so not illustrators, but all you personalities, please tell me, heading now, looking, knowing what we have at manager and not knowing anything about the offseason and knowing the disasters that still await us in terms of free agent pickups, bullpen, fortification, lineup, holes. Uh, I need to know right now, uh, coming out of this news, whether you are feeling more or less excited about the 2023 season because ultimately although we can say managers don't matter who cares i don't remember what three managers ago was who was that guy oh that's right he was a four-star general but i still can't remember his name uh okay they you know there's some juice here uh that's probably why ozzy was in the picture at all because you know hey a manager can be a personality that draws fans in hopefully along with some success uh, and create excitement um that said, are you more or less excited about the 2023 season? Anybody, take it away. Then, as compared I am, to what? I am so... Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Brett, as compared to what? Like, more excited than last year? Because I think, I, think, I think I'm less excited than last year, but more excited than 2021. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can you you can make this a more complicated question than it is because I don't really know what my intent is. But I would say just from like yesterday before knowing the manager and everything else is the same, right? It's not like Jose Abreu is coming back for sure or not coming back for sure because of this hire. Um, just maybe from the moment before we knew who the manager was, although I guess it's still not official, uh, to now who we know who the manager is, sort of, uh, more or less excited. Definitely more excited then. Okay. Because uh, I would – I. I would not be excited for Ozzy because that's a, I don't want to watch a train wreck. This is at least interesting. Cause it's like, we, we, we don't, I don't, I don't have, I didn't have expectations going into this season, but I have different, not having expectations going into <laughs> okay. this season, the, the okay. next season. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be different in a good way, but I still don't have expectations for it outside of, Nothing. Okay. Okay. So to summarize in the category of the house was damaged by fire, but it didn't burn down and I can maybe spend the night in it tonight. Um, you're, you're okay with this. That's cool. All right. Um, more or less excited. Anyone else? Slightly more excited because it's not Ozzy, which in my like deepest heart of hearts, I did not think it was going to be Ozzy, but still it's not Ozzy. So I'll take that positive. But also, just I just want to get to a point where we're playing baseball because, like, I'm tired of all this. Go do the free agency things. Go sign some people for once, and then I'll let it be known if I'm actually excited. Like, go mm-hmm. bring Jacob Degrom or Aaron Judge or something big <laughs> instead of as Monty Grandal for mm-hmm. four years, seventy-four million. Give me like a stupidly fat deal that we have never seen before by a Chicago sports team. Dante, I didn't think I had to, I didn't think I had to tell you specifically during the break, 
don't go back to the green room and take too much Kool-Aid. And I think you have. Uh, well, you know, listen, bless you for the positive thinking, but uh, careful what you ask for. All right. Other thoughts? Uh, more So far, I think that's two more positives. Uh, come on, cynics. I haven't renewed my um, my season tickets yet, so that would be yes. enough. Yeah, that, exactly. That's what counts. And believe me, Jerry just heard you there. Jerry said, huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> the bat signal just went up. They're coming after you. Send them out to Wisconsin. Like, this move, again, like, I just feel very average about it. Like, I feel good that he's a good guy. I have yet to see him manage, so, like, I can't form an opinion and, like, until I see baseball played and I feel better about the style of baseball that's being played, like I don't have an opinion of what the 2023 season is going to be. And based on like the bad taste I still have from last year, like I, I don't plan on like, you know, renewing a package until I'm like comfortable saying that like, there's going to be a good brand of baseball. Yeah. Allie, this has been a rough run for you. 2021. You're like, okay, I, you feel like fully submerged you're into it. So then 2022, you're like, Oh my God, I cannot wait that this is like my victory lap. I mean, thank you for being here. Thank you for keeping the chin up. Thank you for being such a badass on Southside Sox because yeah, the White Sox don't deserve you. You hear that, White Sox? They don't, Allie Wessel. It's an emotional roller coaster that I wish that I could just sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Another pocket schedule title. Okay, Tommy Barbie, please, more or less excited for the season. I, I just don't know how you can be more excited because this just means more Rick Hahn. And what has Rick Hahn done besides disappoint you? Nothing. It's just, it's a world of hurt. That's all that we're entering into. I, there's no way I can think anyone can be more excited about the White Sox unless you are a person that puts that much value in stock in a manager, but it's still the same guy pulling the strings. It's still going to be the same guy getting the seats at the wrong tables all off season. And it's rinse and repeat. And I just, I'm ready for this ride to be over and for all of the front office to be gone. And we can start all over again. We we need like a bulls level rehashing of of the organization yeah i don't mean to get uh personal um it's just a joke uh rickon was is a friend of mine was a friend of mine whatever but i'm not sure rickon's family wants two helpings of rickon so we do not need more rickon and you nailed it tommy we get more rickon in 2023 uh brian feeling better feeling worse Uh I'm I'm going to upset Tommy by setting the bar ridiculously low. I'm more <laughs> excited. Uh, you know, I thought the manager hire is going to be stepping off a cliff and we we're going to be like Wiley Coyote and like just look down and plunge. But now it's kind of like the scene in Last Crusade where Indy's stepping over the leap from the lion's breath or whatever. And uh, the bridge is there. I don't actually know if the bridge is going to be there or not, mm-hmm. but there's a chance it is. And we might not actually just plummet. So... There's your, there's your summit. We might not plummet off the cliff to mm-hmm. our doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the excitement of the ride and we, we don't know if we're going to die. That toboggan could hit the tree, but you know, <laughs> it might not. And it might, we might want to run up the hill and, and sled again. Oh it's gosh. White Sox. Look so. at you reduced us to white socks. Bless you <laughs> team that we all love. Uh, Joe Reese's. I don't think you have shouted out whether you are more or less excited about 2023. Slightly more excited with this managerial 
choice um because i as mentioned last podcast i really thought they were just gonna lazily pick ozzy and you know with this i'll i'll improve i'll increase my um you know win projection for the white Sox from 77 to 79 probably (laughs) um they'll win 79 games instead of the 77 they would have had with ozzy so i don't know rick kind of has his work cut out for him and Rounding out and an very mediocre team who ha- that has a few great players but not much else is something that Rickon really has not been able to do. So, yeah, not 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 much good. But I will say I am more excited. What are we I even mean, doing this for? A, a two-war manager though is pretty good. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> Seventy-nine. There's, there's, your, there's... there's your silver lining. <laughs> Jesus, White Sox what? are still under 500, Man, but am, we got a two-war manager. <laughs> seriously reevaluating my life. Uh, Melissa, more excited or less excited? Do you really need to ask Brad? <laughs> Don't you know give it, it to me. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. less excited. Like, I, I would have been ex- more excited had like, we picked, like, a legit candidate. Mm. And then I would have kind of gone into the season with some optimism but it's just yeah like tommy said it's just more recon so this is not anything for me to be excited about i like ali am not renewing my season tickets um i just yeah it's not other than the excitement of a new season which is just being a diehard fan you get excited about uh, the possibilities but that's completely separate than being excited specifically about this hire and where it makes us any better than we were. Maybe two wins, Joe. I don't know, but I'm not even that optimistic that okay. it makes us two wins better. Alert, Chairman, alert. This is three people in a eight-person podcast not renewing their season tickets. Maybe you should pay attention instead of just calling us some sort of Yahoo fan blog, for God's sake. Not literally. Sherry's going to hire Ozzy now. (laughs) (laughs) We did it! My tickets are not, my my season tickets are not getting renewed either. They can fuck off. Yep, yep. So three of eight, and I'm guessing that's three of three who are actually season ticket uh, holders. Uh, And yeah, to think about the fact that, I mean, again, not to to speak for Brian or Joe or anybody else or, or Jordan, mildly positive come out of this, but I mean, this, a lot of the positivity comes from, well, we were about to jump off a cliff and we haven't at least yet. We're still alive. So hooray. I mean, really just a few days ago for the Sox of Us podcast, we did, we were deadlocked. And whether Ozzy would be hired, we really thought generally he was going to be hired. Uh, so I guess, hey, Onward and upward into November, December, and whatever the hell else is going to happen before the opening day begins. Uh, the, hope, yes, the 2022 please. season was like, I thought I was being punked the yeah. whole time. So like Griffol being hired is like one of those things where like, I feel like I'm going to be punked again, but like in yeah. a good way. Okay. It, like, I, I just feel like it's like this like funny joke that just continues <laughs> where I'm <laughs> like, good. Maybe good things can happen to us, but like then just being extremely disappointed, knowing that like that's not going to happen. They miss tricks or treats by one day. Can you believe it? Um, all right. I think it's about time to wind up. Uh, this went longer than I thought. But I really thought we were going to be super efficient with this and I should know better. Socks of us or not. We got things to say. White Sox, listen, bring back Sox Fest for God's sake. Use your heads. The manager choice has been made. Just do your best from here. 
whatever. I'm not even sure I care. I've already admitted I don't even know what I'm doing doing this anymore. Hey, you want to start up a White Sox podcast, Tommy, called Believe in White Sox? Oh, sorry. It's been taken from us already. Oh, well, that didn't pay any better in this one. Okay, well, hey, listen, on behalf of Melissa Sage, Bolenbach, Super Joseph Rhesus, representing Indianapolis, Indiana, it's Allie Wessel, oh, a little bit further north of that, Dante Jones. Thank you for the big hustle to get uh, become an important part of this podcast number, oh, I don't know, 128. Brian O'Neill, uh, first-time participant, soon-to-be returning champion. Thank you for joining us. Father Soxos, oh, see you in a few days. you got no choice. And Jordan Haas, uh, of course, bringing your positivity to this podcast and this White Sox decision. Uh, thanks, everybody, as always, for listening, reading, watching, all that stuff. Without you, we wouldn't be here. And maybe you should really think about uh, supporting us because then maybe we don't have to be here. I keep saying it. Anyway, we'll be back sooner than you uh, are ready for us because Socks of Us Worst Games of the Year is coming up on Sunday. Take care.